When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 58th episode of Kiwi and the Bird, Bookners in Session. I'm Taylor. I'm Kami. And in this episode, we're going to go into an in-depth discussion about the duplicitous and mystifying Night of the Raven, Dawn of the Dove by Rati Mehirotra. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Here's how our book discussions work. We're doing something new today. We're going to try to fit in all of our thoughts and feelings for Night of the Raven, Dawn of the Dove in just half an hour. If you like this episode, or the show, or what we do... We'd love to have your support. Donating to Kiwi and the Bird helps us so much. It keeps the show running, aids with giveaways and other fun activities, and enables us to grow. If you're interested, you're welcome to click on the link in the episode description below or visit our Venmo, which is also at Kiwi and the Bird. Now, as we discuss everything about Night of the Raven, Dawn of the Dove, and I mean everything, here is your one and only spoiler alert. alert. Kiwi, would you like to give us a spoiler alert sound effect? I would actually like to give this opportunity to you taylor <laughs> but but we don't go off script Kami. <laughs> this is dangerous territory you know what it's an it's a new episode type let's try something else okay guys now since this is night of the raven dawn of the dove i'm gonna make a pigeon sound oh so this is your spoiler alert <laughs> Let that Aww. sound soothe you. Oh, it made me want to kill you. I hate pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> but they're so peaceful. They just want bread. No, they're not peaceful. They're intrusive and need more fear. <laughs> <laughs> and now, on to the show. Now, if you've listened to our book discussions before, even though we're going to try to do a shorter episode this time around, one thing will always stay the same. We're going to talk about the romance first because the romance is always what we're most excited about. Exactly. It's a hole in our lives that we need to fill. Exactly. <laughs> we're hopelessly lacking love. Therefore, we supplement by talking about love. And reading about it. Give us a high five if you feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> So naturally, the romance in Night of the Raven, Dawn of the Dove was, of course, with Dashk and Katyani. And they go through quite a bit together. I mean, lots of people die. And that loss turned into love. Well, did it? Did it? Did it. We're going to debate that. It didn't. That's, that's, that's my stance. Because, okay, here's the thing. Um... The, the the way that the romance progressed was very interesting. It had a very, very strange rhythm. In that, it was like, oh, there's like a little bit in the beginning. And there's like a little bit. And then it was like all at once. And then there was nothing. And then it was like at the very end. True. And they were committed. They were really committed for like no. Uh, but see, here's the thing. The passage of time was very strange in this book because I couldn't quite tell how much time was passing and so i was like are you really feeling this this soon or is 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 this soon but i feel like with doc's character you know he's this he's the son of the leader of the school right 
and he was he was raised in a very strict environment where he has to abide by the rules and like because like he, people rely on them for safety from the monsters all these things and so i expected there to be a bit more like give and take with his character in that you know like oh like i want to break the rules but i know i shouldn't or like you're leading me into this even though i know you shouldn't you know like the pull the the, the pull and the push the push and the pull that's the phrase mm -hmm. i liked what i liked all of the phrases i have a lot <laughs> but it was like he 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 got into it too quickly you know mm. i feel like for a man who was raised that way it would take him a little bit more to enter into a romance with a woman as different to him as katiani was yeah for me so there were aspects of the romance that i did like you know one of my favorite scenes was when kat yanni goes out on a hunt with dosk and she's like oh you've taken a vow, a vow of silence well i bet you're gonna break it for me and he ultimately <laughs> does because he defends her from a monster and he yells her name and she's like "Ooh, you broke your vow of silence for me like that was one of my favorite moments because i thought it was very cute it was very um playful and fun and I kind of liked her challenging him that way but yeah so the main theme for the romance with me though like you was just the pacing because I felt like the time where their romance should have been growing should have been at the academy mm -hmm. but at the academy we get there we're there for just a little bit of time and then we jump six months and Kat Yanni is going home back to her kingdom and Dash is kind of left behind and so actually with that, I was like, oh, okay, bye, Dash. I guess we're never seeing you again. Bon voyage. It's been good while it lasted. <laughs> you had some good moments. You guys saw each other bathe. <laughs> um, and so that was a little hard because then with the distance, the physical distance in the book, I felt the emotional distance. And then when they ultimately reconnected, then they started like becoming committed and devoted to each other really fast. And, and so it was like this really strange mixture of okay they're close they're not they're kissing they're not they're playful together they're not this kind of weird distance and i will tell you something when kat yanni told dashk that the kiss was basically meant nothing to her i was like but why are we doing this <laughs> <laughs> this is not the way these things should go i will honestly like where did, where are katiani's commitment issues coming from true because you and I have a reason. <laughs> yeah, I have a reason. It was like, I mean, this, I said this in the recommendation, but Katiani's character just really, really confused me. Just in the way how, like, she was respectful in some circumstances. She was like the mom friend to Ion and Barat. Um, but, like, with Dosh, it was like she was a completely different person. Like, it wasn't just, like, different. Just like, oh, this is, like, a different side of me. It literally felt like she was a different character. And so I had a little bit of struggle with that because I was like, I need the two main love interests to have solidified characters in order for me to understand what's going on between them. Or even if there was kind of a reason why she switched between so many different sides of herself with people. Yeah. Even if she said to Dashk, like, oh, I'm respectful to people I respect. You haven't earned my respect yet. Therefore, you've earned my sharp tongue. Or something like that to kind of explain why she's, you know, a little bit more teasing with him yeah it's like she has such one okay i disagree with you slightly mm. on one point and that the whole vow of silence thing did 
actually bugged me a little bit. Oh, interesting. In that Katiani had been so respectful towards magic in terms of the queen. But, like, she was told by the one dude Ned no one likes um, <laughs> that Dashk was taking this vow of silence so his incantation towards the monsters would have more power. Because if he didn't, then it wouldn't happen. I'm like, you're going into a monster den with a little group of people and you're worried about coming out alive and yet you're teasing the guy who's supposed to do the incantation and keeping that vow of silence. I was like, where, where, so you have respect in this aspect, but you don't, and because you want to, is this a time to tease him? So I did not realize that the reason why he had a vow of silence was to make his incantations more I thought he was just taking a vow of silence because maybe he had been meditating earlier that day <laughs> or, like, was trying to get into, <laughs> you know, how, like, football players will listen to their favorite songs before the game to pump themselves up. <laughs> I thought he was just pumping himself up for the fight. <laughs> so I really misread that part. I mean, if it had been something like that, if he had been meditating, was keeping that vow of silence, you know, and, like, Katiani, for whatever reason, didn't respect that aspect. I would have been like, oh, yeah, that's a really cute moment. But it was the fact that I feel like you're going into a monster den. He's supposed to have this powerful incantation made more powerful by his vow of silence. And she's trying to make him break it. <laughs> oh, that's rough. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. But, like, okay, as its concept, I do think it's cute. But it's just, like, those those little things with Katiani's character where I was like, why is this one way with this and one way with the other? Mm. And, for like, you're not giving me a reason for that. And with the kind of toward the end of their relationship as portrayed in the book, when um, Dasha's father tells Kat Yanni to kind of look after Dashka, I was like, okay, you know, like this could lead into a sequel. But then instantly that promise is kind of made redundant when Dashka's father, his father dies, and then he blames Kat Yanni for it, basically. basically. Yeah. 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 And I was like, well... I understand you're grieving and that maybe, you know, the common senses are misaligned, but literally this is not her fault at all. <laughs> she made a deal with the demon who has promised to kill your father to spare his life once, but she can't do it again, you know? So you're just kind of getting mad at her to get mad at her to create distance that maybe isn't completely necessary. I kind of get it, but I kind of don't. Yeah, it's like, I like he needs someone to blame, but I was like, I feel like... He, Dashk would have enough reason within him to know where to place that blame. Unless if, you know, maybe throughout the story, he's kind of impulsively jumped to conclusions or something like that. Or maybe, like, even though he is this very righteous, morally bound person, he has a temper or something like that or kind of lashes out, then I'd kind of understand why he blamed her. But like you said, he's pretty level-headed. Yeah, he's he's the stoic character that... Like, he's the character that you like. That's true. And I like level-headed level headed male love interest. And so then it was weird because then he blamed her for his father's death. And so she leaves. She goes to her kingdom to an act of revenge. Da-da-da-da-da. But then instantly he follows her, basically, and saves her life. And he's like, oh, I don't blame you. Yeah, I wanted to, there to be more reason for that. Like, oh, we were brought together unexpectedly. And... You know, something's going to happen to Katiani. He, like, jumps in front of her, like, unexpectedly. Like, oh, wait, these are my true feelings, you know? Yeah. Like, even though maybe a part of me still does blame you, you mean more to me than that blame yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, something. 
One scene that I didn't understand was the one scene with like the river succubus. What was her? What was, what was she? Oh yes, yeah, I know what you're talking about. River succubus is actually a pretty accurate description. <laughs> I think we should stick with river succubus. But it was like I think I didn't understand what it really had to do with the story. I think I might have had like some little thing. It's been a while since I've read it. But I think like the main thing was like to show like the jealousy that Dosh would have. And I was like, okay, like I see that. But also I feel like there's a better way to do this than with the river succubus. Yeah, the river succubus did feel very random to me. You know, they're camping out in the woods and then all of a sudden we kind of have, it felt like a side quest. Yeah. Just for the romance. Mm-hmm. Felt like there was kind of a better way to convey Dashka's, uh jealousy mm-hmm. without that. You know, like I felt like a one of the the best ways that the book portrayed his jealousy was with the prince slash king who kept proposing to Kat Yanni. Yes. You know, yes. and he's like, oh, you know, did you accept his hand? Or I'm glad he's gone away now. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, good. Like mm-hmm. that was tension riddled to me and riddled. I don't know. And that was like, it was playing up those feelings. But the river succubus just felt a little too, maybe a little forced to me. Yeah. So I did like, the romance overall. I did like the basis and kind of the foundation for it, but I did feel like the timing and growth of it was strange, Mm -hmm. but I felt like it had potential. It had potential. Now let's talk about the side characters in Night of the Raven, Dawn of the Dove. What, what, What did you think about this cast? I felt like too many people died. Oh my goodness, so many people died. It was like Game of Thrones. It literally was. And there were some characters where I was like, they shouldn't have died as soon as they did. Like, I feel like Ian, he could have lived a little bit longer. I mean, I know that, like, his death was kind of like the ultimate, you know, thing for the queen, for the king, for Katiani, because he was like the brother and everything. But I felt like he could have been a really good character for Byrov's character development, mm. right? Because he was the cousin that um, was going to take the throne from Byrov, and, like, that was his whole reason for doing anything, right? Doing all the things that he did. But I was like, but they also grew up like they were brothers. And so I would have loved to see that conflict a little bit more. I also think that the king should have been in the story way more than, like, the one thing he said. So it's like he had such a significance in the story in that he was the one that orchestrated the death of Byrov's parents, which is the entire reason why Byrov is doing what he's doing. And so I was like, why didn't we see more of him? And also um, Dash's older brother. Yeah, we didn't, we, we, actually we did see like little hints of him, but they were just like brief mentionings. I was like, he could have had a really great impact in the story in Dosh's character and like how, um, their their father like wanted them to be and like the differences between the brothers and I feel like that could have been a really good like um, parallel to Byrov and Ion and like that could have been like a whole thing too mm. and so in that and I just I, they, I really wish that we'd seen more of them and with the queen I also think we didn't see enough of the queen I mean she was the whole reason why um, uh, Katiani's biological grandfather like came and like waged war against their country. And it was like 
she's like she was in charge of the soul bond she was like with the whole magic thing like she was she was her introduction to it and so the fact that she died as soon as she did i was like well what is katiani gonna like how is she gonna do magic now where's the magic because apparently she had like spiritual power that helped her this would have made more sense if we had like the queen like discussing things yeah so i i think we just need a lot more time and a lot more scenes with the side characters to give off the sense that like oh Bayrov is mad he is jealous he is angry he is vengeful the queen that she is cunning she is deceptive that she doesn't have the best in mind for Katyani and that she could help her teach and train and help with magic um and and just building up these characters in relationships so that when they do break it hurts more because I didn't feel like we knew enough about anyone to really feel the pain of them either dying or leaving or betraying. And so then, yeah, you do have the surprise factor, but the surprise is wholly because it kind of feels like it came out of nowhere mm-hmm. because there was no build up to it. So when Bayrov was shown to kind of be the main villain, right, he kind of takes on that role after he orchestrates everyone else to die, <laughs> um, you know. It's like, yeah, I could kind of feel the tension of leaning up to, oh, reuniting with Bayrov isn't going to be a good thing. But we knew nothing about his backstory to even reinforce why he would do this until way at the end of the story. And so I think if even Kat Yanni just had even one moment or one conversation with Bayrov previous to him betraying her and framing her, that that alone would help clear up his character and his conflicts and things like that. Yeah, I also think we should have seen more of the princess. Yes. She was kind of like the linchpin in showing that Byra was guilty of all of these things. And so she kind of like, she appears in the beginning and we do kind of see like the relationship between Reva and Katiani and how they're kind of like sisters. But then we don't see her until the trial and we don't really see her. She just kind of like says something and then we don't see her till the very end. And so I was like, for someone, again, who's like a linchpin in this, who's like the one thing that Katiani can like depend on or is thinking she can, she doesn't show up very often. Mm. Yeah. And I know throughout the story that Katiani does think about a lot of memories that she's had with these people, with the all these different characters. But I just do think that if she even had more memories about them, especially with Reva, because she doesn't really think of Reva often. She does think about the queen often because they do have their soul bond. But even with the soul bond she has with the queen, it wasn't really used in the story. No. And I know that in the story it says that distance kind of weakens the bond and they can't really feel each other. But it's a soul bond. I feel like it needs to have a really deep significance. I feel like the soul bond could have been a way for us to know or suspect or or for Katyani to kind of suspect that the queen doesn't really have the best in mind for her, that the queen is lying for her. You know, even if she was, like, getting dreams about the queen's secrets or, like, little snippets of thought that's convincing her that the queen is actually a bad person, something like that, that would give the soul bond itself a bigger part in the story. Yeah, because it was kind of just, like, passed around throughout the book. And, I mean, there was, it's like... Katiani took offense to the word bondswoman because it means like, oh, you're just like bound to this person. Like you have, I think that's what it was basically. Like you're like almost like a, I think a slave to the person. 
And I was like, let me see more of that. Let me see the queen actually treating Katiani like that and her not seeing it because she thinks it's love. She thinks that that's what she's been raised with. Um, now we're just gonna talk about our favorite things, things we, other things we want to talk about, just things in general. Think of this period of time as the free space in a bingo card. The middle. The middle. The middle. I will say that a scene I did like was the trial because I was a little bit like in like hot. I was, I kind of like put myself in Katiani's shoes and I was like, you guys are the freaking worst. Like Byrov, you know, that's not true. And like, like Rava, I was like, what? Like the her betrayal. I was I like, I actually kind of felt that one. And I was like, how dare you? I was like, after she taught you how to fight. And sneak around and she hit her when like when um the monsters came and like killed Ian and the king and everything um and also like when she was getting whipped by the oh. freaking chutu yeah chutu the whip the screaming one that like has a conscience like what well and takes away your memories with every yes. ash yeah i was like oof like i i was like ah i was like just sentence her to die oh my goodness this is way worse <laughs> yeah and i was like Byron, like didn't you like katiani like why do this yeah like wouldn't like wouldn't it be easier if you just killed her well i think he was seeing the mercy sorry seeing the whipping as mercy and I'd that she'd die. still get to live oh. but just wouldn't remember who she was i was like oh <laughs> wow dude <laughs> And I did like Mahavir's intervention. Because I was oh, like, Dosh. Yes. yes. Like that, like that scene. Like, I feel like that was like the epitome of what this book should have been with like the intricacies between the characters and like why they went to interfere and their motivations behind doing things and like Katiani's place like in the center of it all. Right. I think that was, that was a pretty good scene. I did like that scene. Yeah, I totally agree. That scene really did have a lot of the emotional trauma and the like. I feel like we really felt those emotions in that scene. And when Dosh came, I was like, yes, pick her up. Put her in the carriage. Like his anger, the anger in his yes. eyes, and like the concern. I was like, yes. mm, was and the good. fact that they came at the last second, you know, mm. she's already unfortunately had to suffer all this anguish. It really, that was a really good pinnacle scene. Yeah. Where you were, you were able to feel a lot of what Kat Yanni felt. And again, with Reva, I was like, wow, after everything she did for you, after who she was to you, she didn't treat you like some girl just only destined to be married to someone else. She treated you like a person. Mm-hmm. And yet you betrayed her. She did. So, yeah, you know what? It did have pretty good scenes. I mean, I tend to focus on the negatives, but I did particularly like that one. Well, I can't mean I only say when we talk about when we when we nitpick a story, it usually means that we see a lot of potential in it. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird paradox. If you're asking why we are that way, we ask that ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we do the same thing. We do it with books we see potential in and books that we just didn't like. So it's like, which one is which? And the answer is, you'll never find out. <laughs> <laughs> the rating's a hint, but that's all you have. I don't know why Kimmy and I said that we'd only give ourselves three minutes to talk about the ending. But that's our reality. <laughs> yeah, that's what we did to ourselves. So let's go. Let's. Um, I didn't love the ending. Honestly, I was like, um, Katiana should have killed Byrov. I don't care that he was like a brother to her. 
Like, all of these things that he did, like, even if you understand why he did what he did, like, her entire, her entire arc was revenge. Yeah. Right? And it, it just had such a dissatisfying ending because it was like, oh, I'm in the tunnel with you and, like, you're my brother. And then he stabs her. And then she, like, meets, like, this mythical rare creature and, like, they follow him and then, like, it gets him and he's like, save me. And then, like, in that moment she forgives him. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's too quick. Like your entire, your entire thing. You're like, I need revenge. Like you need to pay for what you did for Ian and the queen and all the people that you had killed. And I was like, where did all that go? Yeah. I, with the ending, it was hard because I mean, I do wish that she had killed him. I do understand why she saved him, but I don't think he should have been redeemed. Like mm-hmm. I can understand that maybe she was taking the higher road. Like, oh, I'm not going to stoop down to your level kill you cowardly in a cowardly way like you did to the people I loved I'm gonna put you on trial and treat you with the same mercy you treated me kind of thing like I kind of get that but redeeming him I was like um um he's completely dismantled an entire hierarchy and killed everyone you love and know and he had no remorse he threw you under the bus he conspired with other people to throw you under the bus he did not care and he just stabbed you he like lit like 10 minutes ago, honey. I mean, my sister flicks me in the head and I don't forgive her for two weeks. Yeah, my sister tried to poke me in the face yesterday and I still resent her for it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I do wish that he hadn't been forgiven, that he hadn't been redeemed because I don't think that was necessarily something that Katyani had to do to prove she was still a good person. Yeah, she could have done so many other things. I like... Like, I could, like, I was like, yes, like, let, let's see Bayrov and Katiani just by themselves. So, like, the truth finally comes out because he would have that much respect for her. Supposedly. Supposedly. We're thinking. We think. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, I mean, that, that was, like, that the ending with that was unsatisfying. The fact that, like, Reva came back and was, like, instantly, like, yes. This is what happened and like immediately became the monarch and everything. That was too quick for me as well. I was like, where, where's the time with that? Like she should, like, like I said, she should have been more in the story where she kind of had like her Lion King moment where she like <laughs> goes up to the rock and like roars like an actual lion now. Remember who you are. Yeah. And then I feel like the story kind of ended kind of on a strange note in that now Katyani is kind of like an interim queen for a kingdom that isn't hers. Mm-hmm. When she has her own kingdom waiting for her. Basically, yeah. And is essentially just waiting for Re- to for Reva to ascend and take the throne when the time comes when she's of age. Yeah, but she's like also like combining the countries because she's an heir, but she's like interim. And it's like the whole promise to the monsters. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like... I mean, I don't know kingdom politics all too well, but I think it might take a little more grit. A little bit. Just a little. And it was like the whole thing with Doshk in the end where he was like, I have to go back to like my academy with my brothers. (laughs) I have to go back to school. (laughs) And he's like, you have to stay here. And she's like, we can make long distance work. I was like, what kind of a romance ending is that? Well, but also I'm like, you're going to have to carriage ride every weekend or something. Yeah. Long distance back in the day is impossible. <laughs> like, nowadays we can do it, you know? But back in the day, you know how many birds you have to send? 
I was going to be like, I, I wouldn't do long distance now, let alone in those kind of times. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just, the ending was just a little dissatisfying is all. And this is kind of the hard thing with debut books because Kami and I went to um, a YA author panel. The That's authors right. often said that when you write a book, you don't know necessarily with the ending if there will be a sequel or not. So you kind of have to write things in that the first book feels summed up, but then also could open to a sequel if it did sell correctly. I don't know if I'm sp- explaining this in the best of ways. I got it. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. <laughs> um, and so it's hard because with this ending, I don't know if it's kind of one of those scenarios where it's like, okay, we don't know if there's going to be a sequel, so this book has to be able to stand on its own, but then also has to potentially lead into a sequel. If it does sell well, I don't know. Honestly, in terms of a sequel... I don't think there could be one because what else is there? Mm. You know, <laughs> Swan, <laughs> Swan Lake. What else is there? <laughs> it's just like there are too many things were wrapped up, right? Like the romance, they're kind of together. Long like, distance. Yeah. Like Rava is like queen. Byro's getting what he's got. <laughs> <laughs> like the monsters, like they're probably going to get their thing. Like. The only thing that was kind of left open-ended was Katiani's biological cousin. You know, the the king of the other country. Because he kind of left on a sour note, but it was also like he was like really mean to her, but also kind of soft in a really weird way. Yeah, he was like, I hate you, and you're the reason why everything happened and everyone I loved died. But also, do you remember when we did this as kids? (laughs) And I was like, that's... Honestly, that's the only thing that was basically left open-ended, but everything else was close, so I really don't see what a sequel would be like. Yeah, I told, I don't know if this made it into the recommendation or not, but I told Kami that I felt like this book was three books in one, where I felt like Katyani being betrayed and the royal family dying should have been the end of the first book. And the second book would be her living with her grandfather and trying to get back to her roots and understand why the queen stole her away when she did. And then the third book would be making an alliance with the monsters and merging the kingdoms together. And so in terms of a sequel, it is kind of hard to know where this could go next. I mean, I think you could create problems with the merge of these kingdoms with Kat Yanni's cousin. Like, I do think you could manufacture those moments, but we don't really have enough of a hint of those possible plot lines with this ending. Yeah. And I mean, if it's a standalone, then great. But if it does get a sequel, I just, like, I don't I don't know what it would be. Ooh. Would you like to press the scary sound? Aww. <laughs> I love how you're like, no, I don't want to <laughs> press, the- <laughs> press the scary sound. I just button. don't like the scary sound. We are now going to be playing How Would You Survive? We have four minutes to post four survival scenarios that pertain to Night of the Raven, Dawn of the Dove. Question one. If you had to attend an academy meant to train and educate future rulers, how do you think you'd do? Honestly, I think I wouldn't do great because (laughs) I was a good student in high school. And if I went back in time, I would still be a good student. But also, I just, in truth, don't really like school. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so I think if I was in this school, I kind of would see it as a waste of time and be like, oh, okay, educate the future. I'm just a guards woman, so I'm just going to go take baths all day and and <laughs> eat food. You know, like I, I just, I think I'd kind of be done with it at this point in life. Yeah, I feel like my example would rub off on them, and that's not a good one. I'm not meant for royalty, monarchy, the ruling of any kind of nation. Okay, I think I'd be like more of a dictator. I'd just be like, um, don't deal with it. Kill them. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably just go to, you know, bag of prints. Oh, yeah. Oh, know. that's smart. Oh, you'd go the seduction route. Maybe um, marry for money and power. <laughs> and a kingdom. That's the power. I mean, that one prince was the weak link. He wanted love. Yeah. Go after him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, question two. If you were falsely accused of a crime you did not commit, how would you plead your case? I wouldn't. I would die. I'd be like, no one's going to believe me anyway. Everyone's against me. I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> I just want it to end. You'd be like, I can go to jail. I guess I'd be okay. <laughs> For me, I'd be like, hey, everyone listen up right now or I'm going to start yelling. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to go over what happened that night. In full detail, so that I can plant even just the smallest seed of doubt in you. I'm talking really loud right now. Sorry. I'm talking as though I'm in court. Yeah. Do it. (laughs) And I'm going to just rehash the story, detail for detail. I'm going to go, by Rob is clearly a jerk, and his sister is a liar. And let me tell you, did not see that coming, and it hurts, but I'm not going to to jail for it. And then they would try try to take me to jail, and um, I would die. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I had to, I'd probably be like, can I at least get an investigation? Ooh, that's a good one. And like trying to prolong it as much as possible. <laughs> Just delay. I have to delay. Yeah. That's smart. And then the truth will eventually come out. Question three. If you were betrayed by the queen and kingdom you thought you could trust, how would you get revenge? Well, first off, I would be really hurt. <laughs> I'd be like, after everything with we've been through, after all the times I rubbed your feet. I got a <laughs> tramp stamp for you. I got a tramp stamp. And and I said no to going out so many times and used you as an excuse because I could. And then you do this to me. Mm-hmm. I'd be hurt. Mm-hmm. For revenge, I would undermine the entire system. Mm-hmm. I would attack their supply chains first weaken them financially and then when they're at their most pleading when they're asking other people for help i will be the princess that they ask that they bid for assistance and i'll go oh you don't remember who i am this is basically the plot of pretty woman (laughs) (laughs) but you betrayed me and therefore i sentence you to death honestly i'd probably go like the byrov Oh, where I would actually kill what they love most, which is their son (laughs) and have them live. But then since I'm the heir to another kingdom, I would take over theirs. Oh, dang. And then make them slaves. Oh, Oh, Prince of Egypt style. Prince of Egypt. We're getting biblical here. Yeah. And then they'd have to erect a statue of both me and the son they lost. <gasps> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, because that's they're, brutal. Yeah, their son would be hailed a hero because that would be the story. 
that okay. I would um, concoct. Now for our final question. If you discovered you were a royal who was kidnapped at a young age and raised by another kingdom, how would you react? I'd be pissed, man. <laughs> I'd be like, excuse me. I've been a guardswoman doing work this whole time when I could have been having massages and like spa days every single day of the week. Excuse me. I was robbed. That, that, that's a pretty good reaction. Yeah, I'd just be, I'd be really, really pissed, man. <laughs> I think for me, I'd be like, okay, because I don't know this other family. True. I don't know this kingdom that I supposedly came from. All I know is what I know now, which is that people have loved me, apparently, kind of, with the queen, <laughs> <laughs> and that my loyalty has been sworn to them, and I'd rather trust what I know than strangers. Oh. So I think I'd kind of, I, I think I'd be pretty unaffected in that regard, because then I'd be like, okay, well, what are you offering me? Are you saying that I get to be queen now? No. Well, then, like, why would I ever choose you? But then also I'd be like, can I trust this other person? Like the your biological family? Yeah, I'd be like, I don't know you. True. Well, and, like, prove it. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the DNA testing in medieval times? What do you have to do? Have a leech draw blood? And then, and then it and, and it turns blue if you are the father. <laughs> <laughs> you are the father. <laughs> or in Rain, the TV show, they figured out that one guy was the father to uh, the Narnia girl. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, to like the castle ghost, because oh. he had a birthmark and she had a birthmark and it was hereditary. Oh. <laughs> so I'd be like, where's the birthmark? Sometimes people don't got birthmarks, though. Also, <laughs> I have birthmarks, but they're not the same as my mother's. True. I have one on my hip. I don't well, know. I'm sorry. I say it true <laughs> as though I know what birthmarks your mom has. Sorry. I don't know what she, one she has either. <laughs> you have one on your hip, though? Amy, why are you taking off your pants? <laughs> Just Thank you all so much for joining us in today's in-depth book discussion about Night of the Raven, Dawn of the Dove by Rati Mehirotra. We hope that you will join us in our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our content, don't be afraid to subscribe to the series and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, we go by the handle at Kiwi and the Bird. And remember, like a library, at Kiwi and the Bird, happens.